Thank you, Rabbi Luxtein, for your beautiful words, words of inspiration, Rabbi Steinmetz, for your Varme Werther, Rabbi Eli, pleasure working together all these years, and the entire congregation, Kilat, Jeshurun. Actually, the connection to Chabad goes back um, many years. The previous Lubavitcher Rebbe arrived in the United States a few days before Purim, 1940, on a Tuesday. And that Friday, we have the letter where Rabbi Joseph Luxton had a private audience with the previous Rebbe, and the Rebbe describes, there's a letter, we have the letter, I just met with my Yedidi, my good friend, my dear friend, Rabbi Luxton, and they discussed a mikveh in the upper Manhattan. And many years later, Rabbi Luxton and the congregation partnered with us in building what some consider the nicest mikveh in the world, the Jakanan Neshwalvi mikveh. And the many activities we do together, the uh, Simchas Torah, dancing in the streets, and the uh, menorah lightings. It's an honor to be here with my colleagues and fellow shluchim, who together with their families, incredible dedication and devotion, are turning back the tide of assimilation. One Jew at a time, one mitzvah at a time. Let's hear it for the shluchim. It's heartwarming to be here with all of you and the thousands or tens of thousands who are joining us thanks to Chabad.org. So yesterday, Jews all over the world concluded the whole entire Tanya. Uh, for us, this is a particularly uh, special occasion. Baruch Shechiyonu, Vikimonu, Vigiyonu, Lezman Azeh. 14 years ago on Yutas Kislev, Thanks to Chen Harpaz, we started our Tanya website, tanyaclass.com. So from a class in the Chabad house, it became a class with tens of thousands of Jews literally all over the world. And Amir Hashem, now we're going to be making a siyum on all five parts of the Tanya, the whole thing. And uh, it's an incredible, uh, incredible, uh, so we thank Hashem, l'chaim, l'chaim, g'dyamtuch. So you have in your, in your program, you have the end of the Tanya. So we're going to make a seam in the Tanya. The Alter Rebbe discusses Shabbat, the importance of studying and knowing thoroughly all the laws of Shabbat in order to keep it properly. But then he says, but that's only keeping Shabbat on the most external level. Just like you keep Shabbat externally, we also have to keep Shabbat internally. Not just a day of rest, but it's a day to give your ego a rest. Shabbos, Lashem, a day that's dedicated to Hashem, not just paying lip service. Yes, we have a commandment, an obligation. Zachar is Yom Shabbos. You should commemorate Friday night. You make Kiddush. You sanctify the Shabbos. But you should truly dedicate and devote this day to your soul, to spirituality, to daven, to learn. And then he continues, also in keeping the Shabbat, there's keeping the Shabbat, not violating any of, not doing any work on Shabbat, not doing any of the 39 categories of work, 
and also everything that the rabbis prohibit. But then there's the internal level of keeping Shabbat, and that is not speaking about mundane things. And this is, and the Alter Rebbe concludes the last words of the entire, and these are the last words of the entire Tanya. This parallels the other. Meaning, on a simple level, that just like when you keep Shabbat, you don't do any work, you totally rest from doing any work, so too you should totally rest from speaking about anything mundane on the Shabbat. Although in the code of Jewish law, in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, Simon Shinzai 307, the Alter Rebbe discusses the rabbinic prohibition that a person is not allowed to discuss any work on Shabbat. Even if your words are not effective, they're just discussing business. You're not allowed to discuss business. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to discuss anything you're not allowed to do on Shabbat. You're not allowed to discuss it on Shabbat as well. And in addition, the rabbis also said the person should not excessively discuss mundane things. Here the Alter Rebbe says that you shouldn't, not only you shouldn't excessively speak about mundane things, you shouldn't discuss mundane things at all because just like you don't do any work on Shabbat, so too you shouldn't do any, you shouldn't speak about mundane things. And he adds chulu, etc. And it's a very unusual expression the Alter Rebbe uses. Throughout the Tanya, we are very familiar with this expression. means that everything in this world God created there is a balance. There's every plus has a minus. Every positive has a negative. Anything in holiness has its opposite. This opposite the other. Here, the Alter Rebbe is using an unusual expression. So the Rebbe says, because the Alter Rebbe is explaining to us why the rabbis prohibited us from speaking about mundane things on Shabbat. The source for this is actually the Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud, Tractate Shabbos, the 15th chapter in the third halacha, Rabbi Vua says, Shabbos Lashem. Just like Hashem rests on Shabbos, Hashem doesn't speak because God created the world with his ten utterances. God spoke and it came into being. For six days, on the seventh day, Hashem stopped speaking about work, about his creative work. So too, we should emulate Hashem and we should also rest from speaking about work and anything mundane on Shabbat. And then the Talmud continues. There was a story with a chassid, a chassid who took a walk on Shabbat in his vineyard. And he noticed that there is a breach in the vineyard. And he was thinking to himself, I better fix this. But then he thought, wait a minute. Hashem, not only didn't Hashem speak about creating on Shabbat, Hashem didn't even think about it. So I thought about work. I did not rest on Shabbat. I was thinking about something mundane, about work, about fixing the fence. Even though legally and technically there's no rabbinic prohibition against it. But he decided that it's the equivalent of him doing work. What if, God forbid, someone does work on Shabbat? Let's say someone cooks on Shabbat. He's never, ever allowed to enjoy. Personally, he's not allowed to benefit from that work. So he decided that he's never, ever going to fix that breach. Because he thought about it on Shabbos. And then a miracle happened that there was a tree next to the fence. It was from the caper bush family, and a branch uh, extended from the tree, and miraculously it covered the breach, and then uh, it also uh, bore fruits, and he was able to live for the rest of his life comfortably from this tree. 
So this chassid went beyond the letter of the law. And he didn't even think about work on Shabbat. So we see from this Talmud, we have three levels of keeping Shabbat. One is the basic level, the biblical level. Don't work on Shabbat. God created the world in six days, and the seventh day he rested. So too, we're not allowed to do any work on Shabbat. But then there's a deeper level. The rabbis took it to the next level. Even though the Torah does not prohibit someone from speaking about work on Shabbat, biblically there's no prohibition of speaking about work on Shabbat, for the simple reason, because while God spoke and it came to being, we speak and nothing happens. So when the Torah says you're not allowed to work, it's only actual work when we get something done, when we create something. But nevertheless, the rabbi said that if you truly want to keep Shabbat, just like God didn't speak about work on Shabbat, so too we shouldn't speak about Shabbat. But rabbinically, there's no prohibition against thinking about work on Shabbat. Why not? Just like God stopped speaking about work on Shabbat, he didn't even think about work on Shabbat. And the explanation is, because although speech, we speak and nothing happens, but speech has some similarity to action. Because speech, we speak by moving our lips. It's a physical action. You're moving your lips. You're taking the sounds and you're forming and shaping the letters through the movement of your lips. Also, a king speaks. He commands and things get done. The boss commands and hopefully something gets done. So you see that speech is connected to action. So although our speech you can't compare to Hashem's speech, but nevertheless, there's some similarity. So if you really want to keep Shabbat, you shouldn't even speak about anything mundane on Shabbat. However, thought, however, is too abstract. Our thoughts, there's no similarity to Hashem's thoughts. As Isaiah the prophet says, Hashem says, Loi My thoughts are not your thoughts. He doesn't say my speech is not like your speech. Because there is some similarity between Hashem's speech and our speech. But Hashem's thoughts, when God thinks, things happen. And when we think, no one even knows what we're thinking. So therefore, there's no prohibition against, against thinking. And that's what the Alter Rebbe says, that it's a parallel. Just like God stopped speaking on Shabbat, so we too should also stop speaking about anything mundane on Shabbat. But then he adds Hulu, etc. He's referring to the level of the chassid, who goes beyond the letter of the law, and he doesn't even think about workers on Shabbat. And this connects to the beginning of the Tanya. Today, Jews all over the world started the cycle again of studying the whole entire Tanya. And what's the foundation of the Tanya, the opening page of the Tanya? The whole Tanya is based on the verse, Ki To do Jewish, to think Jewish, to speak Jewish, and to do it wholeheartedly is something that's very near and dear to each and every Jew. Because in our relationship with Hashem, we have three levels. You have one level, it's a working relationship. That's the biblical level. God gives us commandments, he's our boss. He's our employer. We, we are his employees. And a Jew believes everything in this world reflects Hashem. God creates us. Everything comes from Hashem. So if God rests on Shabbat, he sends us home. He closes the office. He sends us home. He says, everyone go home and rest. But then there's a deeper level. This is the level of the rabbinic law. It's like a parent-child relationship. It's a warm relationship. Children know their parents. 
children parallel their parents because children are their parents. That's why children inherit their parents. Children come from the inside of the parents. They know how their parents think. The parent says one thing, and they just have to hint at it, and the child already un un understands exactly what the parent means, which is the whole foundation of rabbinic law. There's one verse in the Torah, and the rabbis come and make a whole tractate. Where does it say in the Torah? But we understand. Hashem just has to hint, and we already understand that we get the whole picture. So Hashem doesn't have to tell us clearly, but the fact that Hashem rests on Shabbos and He doesn't speak, when we have that relationship, it's enough for us that we also stop speaking about anything mundane or about work on Shabbos. But then you have the third and highest level. And that is, it's a husband-wife relationship. It's a marriage. In marriage, the spouses who are intimate with each other, they don't have to say anything. They don't even have to hint. You anticipate what your spouse wants. You know. You're tuned in. You finish each other's sentences. You, you, you become like a mind reader. You know exactly where your spouses are. Take for, and that's what a Jewish custom is all about. Take, for example, Simcha's Torah. Simcha's Torah, dancing with the Torah, it doesn't say anywhere. It's not even hinted anywhere. Not in the Talmud. Does it have to say? Does it have to hint? Does Hashem have to even hint? It goes without saying. When you finish the Torah, this is what Hashem wants us to do. You dance with the Torah. And this becomes the most joyous holiday in the Jewish calendar. And this is what the Alter Rebbe says. There's one thing to do Jewish. You're doing the right thing. But then there is to do it wholeheartedly. It's close to you. It's a parent-child relationship. But then the Pasuk says, It's very close to you. Because it's a marriage. It's a relationship. And this is the secret. If you want to understand the secret of the Rebbe and the secret of the 5,000 Shluchim, this is the secret. Tanya, this marriage, this relationship to Hashem. Yes, it says in the Torah, there's a biblical commandment, but literally, like you love yourself. Yes, we know all Jews are responsible for each other. But where does it say, where is it even hinted at? That it means that a shliach has to leave his community, take his family to the end of the world, and Rabbi Steinmetz said he has to struggle with his, with his education for his children. And, and many times when they first start out, they're the first observant Jew in town. Where? Where, where does it say? It, look in any safer. It doesn't say anywhere. But when a Jew is so tuned in with Hashem, a Jew is so connected with Hashem, why was the temple destroyed? Because of sinas chinam. Causeless hatred. So what's the antidote to the exile? What's going to bring Mashiach? Avashinah. Unconditional love. No strings attached. So when a Jew is facing such darkness and chaos and confusion and we have to bring this gullus to an end, you know that this is what Hashem wants. He doesn't have to say, he doesn't have to hint. Hashem wants, He wants every Yid just to be there for each other and to connect with, connect with each other. And when we are tuned in with Hashem, Hashem is tuned in with us. Even before we pray for what we need, Hashem knows what we need. He gives us what we need. And what do we all need? And what are we all praying for and asking for? He'll give us Mashiach. When it'll be Yoim Shakule Shabbos. When the whole, every day will be Shabbos. And we'll continue this historical and beautiful Fabrengen on the Upper East Side of Yerushalayim with the coming of Mashiach now, and we'll hear Tanya from the Alter Rebbe himself. Good yamtiv.